Hello, juniors. You are listening to the podcast for Thursday, November the 5th. Let's take a moment and remember that we are in God's holy presence. All right. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at the politics of how slavery affected politics in the United States from like 1800 to 1855. All right, there's going to be several big compromises that happened in politics directly as a result of slavery. All right, so as you'll see on slide number 22, today's work is pretty straightforward. All right, there's notes to be taken today, and you are working with your BFF map from Unit 3. You are adding three things to that map, all right, because the compromises also have to do a bit with westward expansion that we learned about in last unit, but slavery has a big role in these compromises, okay? All right, I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon before there's any results of the election whatsoever. So if there are things that I want you to know about or pay attention to, they've been added either as a Google Classroom announcement or as slides and things in your assignment for today. Okay? All right. So let's go to slide number 24. You should have your notes. You should have your BFF map. Okay, first event we're going to look at here is the Louisiana Purchase. Louisiana Purchase is labeled on your map already. And what we're looking at is that land gets settled by people, white people, but it gets settled by people. All right. And what happens in U.S. history is um, as a territory or area, gets more and more population. Once they meet a certain population threshold, they can apply to become a state in the United States. And in the early years of the United States, the powers that be, presidents, senators, congressmen, governors, everybody involved in politics thought it was very important that the number of slave states and the number of free states remained equal. That way, each would have equal representation in the Senate and approximately equal representation in the House of Representatives. And that way, no one form of we want everybody to be free or we still want our slaves would take over the country. All right. The problem is, is that more and more people moved west, leading to more and more states needing to join the United States. The issue in the year of 1820 was that Missouri was ready to enter the United States as a slave state. That would give the slave states a numerical advantage, and that was a problem for everybody. So, there, after some fighting and yelling and screaming in the government, The Missouri Compromise is what they settled on, and the Missouri Compromise is what you're going to put on your map, all right? What happened is that everybody agreed that Missouri could still come into the United States as a slave state. 
we created the state of Maine, which finally had enough people in it to not be part of Massachusetts anymore. And the state of Maine would come in as a free state. All right. That way, the num numerical balance would stay the same. It would still be equal. All right. And in addition to try and settle the issue of, okay, which states are going to be slave states, which states are going to be free states, they decided to draw a line at the 3630, I think that's longitude line across the United States. North of the line would be free states and free territories. South of the line would be slave states and slave territories, with the exception of Missouri where slavery was allowed. So label the Missouri Compromise on your map. You're going to want to label Missouri and Maine and the line. All right, And above the line, free. Below the line, slaves, with the exception of Missouri. And then describe in a sentence or two how the Missouri Compromise resolved conflict due to slavery and sectionalism on the back, or if your back of that map is full, separate sheet of paper is fine. All right. Take a moment and do that before we move on. All right, we're going to move on to slide number 25. Slide number 25 skips 30 years into the future. Okay, we're around the year 1850 and the Mexican-American War and Texas becoming an independent country, then part of the United States. Okay, this added tons of new land to the United States, as we already looked at, all right? And people moved because the U.S. wanted to expand west, hashtag manifest destiny, all right? And the issue was that right after the Mexican-American War, there was the gold rush, all right? And so California's population exploded to the point that they were ready to enter the United States, but they wanted to enter as a free state. This would upset the balance of slave and free states yet again, and it would screw with the Missouri Compromise because part of California was below the Missouri Compromise line and part of California was above the Missouri Compromise line. And so there was lots of anger, lots of yelling and screaming, and even a little bit of violence before the United States government came up with a compromise. All right, and this compromise is a little more complicated than the Missouri Compromise. All right, there's more stuff involved. All right, so the Compromise of 1850, they decided that, okay, California can come in as a free state. And we'll also get rid of slave trade in Washington, D.C. All right, that is what the people of the northern United States who had free areas wanted. In exchange, they had to give the South, where there were slaves, several things. First thing they had to give them, and the key sticking point, was a newer, stricter fugitive slave law. This would be called the Fugitive Slave Act. What it basically did was made it ridiculously easy and possible for slave owners to go into the North and find their slaves who had escaped or left and bring them back into slavery. All right? This is a pretty sticky situation because you could go into the North and go, hey, this free African-American person was my slave. I'm bringing them back. But 
that was part of the compromise. All right. The other part was that they would create new territories, New Mexico and Utah. All right. And in those areas, they would allow what's called popular sovereignty. All right. And that is the right of people to decide. All right. It's popular sovereignty. It's basically voting on a certain issue. And obviously this issue is whether or not the territory soon to become state would become a free state or a slave state. All right. So the Compromise of 1850, lots of stuff going on. You want to label California as a free state. You want to label how the new territories would be allowed to decide for themselves whether they would be slave or free states, popular sovereignty. All right. And you want to to add in the Fugitive Slave Act on in your description as well. All right, so label all that on your BFF map and make sure you describe in one to two sentences how the Compromise of 1850 resolved the conflict between sex due to sectionalism and slavery. All right, take a moment and do that. All right. Moving on to the last piece, all right? All of these are compromises of due to conflict over slavery and what to do with slavery as the U.S. expands west. Last one is that people kept moving west. Obviously, now that the U.S. had gained all that land from Mexico, they've got the Louisiana Purchase, there's a lot of area that people can settle in because, you know, we're removing the natives. Hashtag manifest destiny. All right, so white people moving west, there were enough of them now that a lot of territories were ready to apply to become states, especially Kansas and Nebraska. They were ready to apply to become states, and people didn't know what to do with them because the balance of slave and free states was not equal. People had issues, <coughs> excuse me, people had issues with the Missouri Compromise, and people had issues with the idea of popular sovereignty. Why are we letting the states decide? Why are we letting the territories decide whether they're going to be a slave state or a free state? Why can't we tell them what they're going to be? So, the compromise in the Kansas-Nebraska Act was that the slave owners... Or the, I'm sorry, not the slave owners. The South, which was filled with many slave owners, didn't like the Missouri Compromise line, especially since California got to get around the Missouri Compromise line. And so the Kansas-Nebraska Act got rid of the Missouri Compromise line. All right. And it said that, okay, if you're a territory that's ready to become a state, you're going to vote. All the people that can vote in that state are going to vote on, we want to be a slave state, we want to be a free state. Right? This is, again, this is called popular sovereignty. This would decide the issue of slavery in any new territory and state that would want to enter the United States. Okay? So, that is how they made the compromise. I'm going to give you a side effect of this compromise. Side effect, 
people moved to these new territories and states for the sole purpose of being able to vote on the issue of whether or not there should be slavery. This led to lots of fighting because people were like, hey, you're moving here. You just moved here to vote, so we want to kill you because you're not going to vote the way we want you to vote. And both sides were guilty of this. All right. People who were slave owners literally just moved from Missouri into Kansas for a couple of months just so that they could squat and vote in the election that would decide whether Kansas would be a slave or free state. Right? And they intimidated people who wanted no slaves and vice versa happened as well. People from free areas moved to Kansas for the express purpose of voting Kansas as a free state. And some of the worst violence was actually the result of abolitionists who wanted to get rid of slavery coming into Kansas and killing and maiming and doing horrible things to slave owners. Right? There was one guy... Uh, I believe his name was John Brown. He led a group of abolitionists into Kansas where they went around and chopped the hands off of every slave owner they could find. All right. And what happened was that there was a contested election. People held up other people at gunpoint and each side, slave Kansas and free Kansas declared victory and they set up two different capitals. It was a freaking mess. And it's called Bleeding Kansas. All right. So I'm going to leave it right there because that's the situation we're going to pick up with on Friday and the rest of the week. All right. So I want you guys to label the Kansas-Nebraska Act on your BFF map and describe it. All right. So you'll want to label Kansas and Nebraska and how the, they got to decide whether or not they would be slave or free. Um, and then you'll want to describe on the back of your map about the details of the Kansas-Nebraska Act, all right, and how it resolved conflict due to sectionalism and slavery. Uh, you will, you can and should point out that it didn't completely resolve the conflict, all right? Take a moment and do that. All right, slide number 27 is where we end our day. Make sure you've labeled and described everything, taken notes, all, all the whole nine yards, and then take pictures of your BFF map, showing the labeling and then showing the describing, and submit them to the assignment post for today. When you're done, make sure you've answered today's lesson question in your essential and skill questions, and also make sure that you've responded to um, online discussion number eight. If you have not already, you've got till nine o'clock tonight to do that. Right? And then you have until Friday night, nine o'clock, to reply to a classmate. All right. I hope today was pretty straightforward, interesting stuff going on, and that it was not too difficult for you. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will catch you tomorrow.